0: Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 133 with Mark Harari of Remodelers Advantage. And in this conversation, we get to basically throw two marketers in a room and uh, have a lot of fun with that, get his perspective on some things. He talks to and sees tons of remodeling businesses, gets to see their uh, marketing plans or lack thereof, as he'll kind of talk about. And he also He just launched a book at the end of last year, and that is Lobster on a Cheese Plate, which I highly recommend checking out and picking up a copy. But we'll save that for the end of the episode. For now, let's dive in and get to this conversation with Mark Harari. Hey, Mark, glad to have you on the show today. Hey, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited because uh, it's not often you, you throw two marketers together and uh, you see what comes out. So <laughs> Yeah, it tends to get bloody anytime yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll try to keep the blood to a minimum. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I know you and I have many things that we think similarly on, but we also have our differences. And there's no not necessarily a right or wrong answer all the time. So it's good mm-hmm. to have different viewpoints. I'm usually right though, but well, sure, yeah. I mean, you are the <laughs> guest, so you better be right. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess to to kick things off, how'd you even get into marketing?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I never graduated college. I'm I'm the I'm one of the the guys that go to college because you're supposed to, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just took the basic normal stuff, and I took a bunch of the courses that that interested me as well. Like I always was fascinated with human psychology and the brain and what makes us tick. So I took lots of psych courses and actually declared psychology my major ultimately. But I also took tons of creative courses, creative writing and all that kind of stuff. But at the end, I was just going through the motions of just accumulating credits and I didn't know what I was really (laughs) going to do. Then I met my wife to be and just stopped going because I just didn't have a direction and what I was doing. But one day it just, it hit me, you know, I, I got on the, I proposed to my wife, I was just waiting tables and stuff. She's like, you got to get a real job. So I ended up, that's when I started in like the construction industry. Cause I got a job at 84 lumber. I started on the builder side of things and started meeting a lot of remodelers and a lot of home builders. And they were always complaining about marketing and, you know, they need leads and stuff. And it just kind of started to, you know, the light bulb went off to me. It's like, man, geez, I, I love psychology. You know, I love what makes people tick, and I love arts and writing. And I, you just described a marketer. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I should have done that. So, so that's how I got into it. I started doing it, and I, I was really, I started doing it as like a side hustle for some guys that would come in to the lumber yard, you know, to pick up their stuff, and I'd start to pick up some, you know, moonlighting basically. And it just took off from there, and then uh, the rest is history, as they say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And it's funny because I think a lot of times people don't think psychology and marketing, but I mean, it's, it's that background is huge. I mean, that really probably set you in at, at an advantage versus a lot of other people that get into marketing.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, anytime I encounter anyone that's asking me questions about marketing or how I got started, or, you know, we hire somebody new on our team that comes in, I, uh, it's, requisite reading, they gotta listen to uh to uh Robert Childani's uh uh influence, you know. Yeah. I think that's a requirement if anybody that wants to be in this field, he's a PhD and it's just great stuff. I think all marketers should read that. Yeah, yeah, he's got some really good
0: stuff. Well so that that was kind of the the beginnings you kind of saw, you know, hey, this is a struggle. I think I could solve this pain. So I mean, that kind of answered my question of how do you connect it in with the, the building or modeling industry? But yeah, now that you're right there. But I'm curious, you know, because now you fast forward to today, you know, you guys at Remodelers Advantage, like you see hundreds, if not more, you know, remodeling companies. And I know a lot of people reach out to you like for marketing advice and you know. Website consultation, or can you give us some feedback? You know, you you've seen the gamut. So, what are the big, like no nos people are making on the marketing side, and it, and it can be website related, but it doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, if if this is a three hour show, we can really dig into the website stuff. So. <laughs> All right,
0: well, I'll, I'll clear my
1: schedule. Let's do but, that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's one of the biggest mistakes. I actually, cited in my book. That's the marketing plan, or lack thereof. And like you said, we have a lot of people, And for us, we, we have a lot of members that reach out to me saying, hey, would you mind just taking a quick peek at this and, hey, take a look at my marketing plan. And the number one mistake I see is that the vast majority of, quote unquote, marketing plans that are sent to me aren't marketing plans, they're marketing budgets.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a
1: list of tactics with dollar amounts next to it. And that's how they go into it. And that's not a plan. It's literally just a marketing budget. In the book, I kind of go through that process, and step four is the marketing budget. So there's three steps they skipped. You know, yep, that before makes they got a lot to before they got to where they should have been. But, but you tactics know, it,
0: are so fun, you know. It's just, the fun part, <laughs> right?
1: But, you know, it's it's funny because I've i said to to uh, actually I just said it the other day to someone. You would never go into could you imagine if the United States was getting involved in a in a conflict overseas and it was like, okay, what's our plan, General? Well, you know, bullets, six hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> landmines, forty million dollars, and paratrooper deployment, thirteen million dollars. We good? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm I want to get out of the military. I'm not going. <laughs> you guys, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's it's not a marketing plan. It's not a it's not a military plan. It's not a plan. So that's that's probably my number one thing. Websites I could go on all day. I mean, the biggest mistake really that, um, especially the design build guys or gals do is, you know, design build. They're they're so pretty focused. Everything's gotta be cool and elegant and pretty. Yep.
0: Um, so pretty that's the number yep, we get one stuck on pretty.
1: <laughs> that's the number one thing, man. It's gotta be it's gotta look nice, right? And and then they end up sacrificing functionality and the thing, the purpose that the website's there for, you know, to generate leads, capture leads. And you know, we can't put that big ugly button there because it's big and ugly. So put it down the footer somewhere. Okay. <laughs>
0: so what's the website for again? <laughs> you yeah, know still in that kind of brochure mindset where it's just right. like hey this just needs to look look really sharp and then you right. realize nobody's getting there yeah
1: you know I would say though it's it's a mistake if your goal for the website is to generate leads you know I mean for some it literally is to be a brochure in which case yeah that's fine do that I mean we have a couple members you know they do three projects a year you know the, granted they there are five or six million dollars projects each. Uh, but they do three projects a year. You don't need a lead generating machine for a website. He doesn't need to get 200 leads a month or a week. You know, So so for, for a situation like that, yeah, well, that's the purpose of the website. So actually, that's one of the first things I ask if somebody asks me to look at the website. It's, well, what's the goal of it? What's its purpose? Is it to drive leads and generate them? Because then I'll look at it with this critical eye. Is it after they've already contacted you and they're a prospect that you send it there? Well, then I'll look at it with that critical eye.
0: So Yeah, that's a really good point. And it goes back to your first point, which is what's the, the plan? What's the goal? And then right. determining the tactics from there. So, right. yeah. But yeah, and in that instance where you just need maybe a couple of projects a year or something like that, I could definitely see where that's the case. Are there other other scenarios where you feel like the website doesn't need to be or shouldn't be? A lead generation machine, or do you think that the bulk of companies it it should be? I I think the bulk of
1: companies it should be, and you know, really, even you still could make a case for the for the companies that only need a handful of leads annually. That you know, you might as well build a good site because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. The thing with marketing is you can't just flip a switch one day, as you know, Spencer, and just start the lead game. Like you got to build, you got to build credibility, you got to build link juice and all that happy stuff. So you might as well do it even if you don't necessarily need it today because who knows what's going to happen in five years, you know? So
0: yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second because I I do feel like people get really busy. So marketing kind of just gets pushed to the bottom or you kind of forget to do some of the items on the list, you know, the tactics. Why doesn't that work? Why Why can't you turn it off, turn it on? it takes time
1: to especially with as much noise as there's out there today i mean if you're not top of mind all the time you're you're forgotten and you're just not going to reach people you know at least not cheaply and affordably i mean if you don't have a presence online and i assume you're primarily talking about online if you don't have an established presence you don't have a following social media and all that And then you just got to try to turn it on. There's only one way to turn it on. And that's through expensive, just dumping money into ad spend, right? There's just so much. It's Content is the way to to really do it affordably. But content, it's like an arms race for (laughs) the content game, man. I mean, you know, you talk about the big players like a Netflix or a, you know that disney plus and amazon i mean they're on a global scale arms race who can do the most content and win the audience but then even at the local level it's an arms race i mean you're just if you're not dishing out the content someone else is and they're getting the attention and they're getting all the the eyeballs that they need they're stealing them from you so i've always touted and you know this and you you're the same it's content content man do it you got to do the blogging and the podcasting and all that happy stuff but um but it's it's not just about having fun with it it's i think it's mission critical for most
0: yeah yeah it really is and i'm glad you mentioned kind of the netflix and all the big players because i mean i think you know like amazon they're just dumping Hundreds of millions, and maybe even billions, into content creation uh-huh. with the sole goal of just getting Prime members. They're just looking at that as like a, a lead in, you know, to to get people. And hook. yeah, it's a hook. And but when you think about it at the local level, you know what I've always liked about content is it gives it gives the little guy leverage, right? So you, if you do a good job of creating a bunch of content, if the big company in town doesn't, you can get a leg up on them. But the more and more time goes on the big guys are catching on what have you seen over the past maybe like 3 to 5 years in the content space because i remember when i got started in 2010 we were having to convince people to write blogs whereas now it feels like it's normalized but what are what are you seeing
1: i do agree with you i think it's more it's less of a shock when you tell somebody where's your blog you need to have a blog they don't start defending the position of not having one. They just said, yeah, it's it's usually, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, I got to get to that, you know, (laughs) but, so that's definitely been a change from five years ago. But I think the biggest thing now is almost, that's, that's, that's almost old school. It's, it's almost a throwaway. Yeah. You obviously should be doing a blog. You, you need to be doing more than that. Now you you, Mm -hmm. I think you should be podcasting, you know, I mean, podcasting is a huge opportunity. Everybody's doing it now. Everybody's listening to it. So, I think there's a huge opportunity there. Of course, the the TV, YouTube, that's been always a struggle for most. It's that's a. I mean, that is a tougher, much tougher. That's why I think podcasting is great because it's such a lower level uh, investment and in entry, le- you know, into podcasting as opposed yeah. to trying to do a uh, video channel. So, yeah, it's a huge opportunity there moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point because, you know, all the the social and just what people are looking for is just more dynamic now, you know, so and blogging is like you said, it's kind of table stakes and now you got to, you know, <laughs> differentiate a little bit more. So. Yeah, but yes, yeah, I, I yeah. love me a good poker analogy. <laughs> As a marketer for myself, I find like I love marketing, but there are some things where you're just like, uh, you know, maybe let's go through like, what are your favorite parts of marketing? Like, why do you like marketing so much?
1: I'm the high I yeah, for for those that are like in the desk world, and uh, you know I'm uh, is and and I'm just all about the big ideas. I love big ideas. I love solving problems, and I guess the uh, part of it is getting down in the weeds and executing every everything you know actually writing kinda, the blog yeah <laughs> right actually you know well I don't even mind so much writing the blog but it's the literally the okay post it you gotta go find the pictures for it okay you gotta you gotta okay make sure it's shared on all the all the social channels and okay that's you know it's just really the the monotony of it those things that doesn't do it for me I like the big stuff the creative stuff and problem solving and and of course seeing results at the end good results and bad results. I I like the bad results as much as the good results because they're so fascinating. There's so much to learn. When something fails, you're just like, wow, why? I just did something so close to similar to that and it just boomed. And then I, that's kind of my psychology part coming out. It's like, well, what was the difference there? What was the fly in the ointment? Why did this work? I only changed such a small component. It, it failed miserably. It's To me, that fascinates me. It's so cool to, to kind of dig into it and see what's going on. So yeah. kind of my likes and dislikes.
0: Yeah. And on the flip side of what you just said, you know, if you've had some failures, you could just be one small tweak away of something doing really well. So don't, don't give up. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that because one of the biggest things you talked about earlier was just consistency, you know, and you can't turn it off, turn it on, but that's also one of those like challenging parts of just, you know, (laughs) sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. If I had my choice, I'd I'd have a team of
1: people below me. So I could just, you know, kind of like a yeah. card, make it so.
0: Yeah, just, just throw know. throw the ideas at them like, hey, let's try go. this, try this. You figure right. out the details. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned the the book earlier, and I know that was something that that you worked really hard on. Why did you decide to to write a book and maybe share with people the the title and how you came came to that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I always wanted to write a book when I was Little actually, I think I mentioned it in the book that, yeah, I do. When I was younger, I, I thought I, I'm going to be a science fiction writer. So I always wanted to be a writer. Uh, the science fiction part didn't play out for me, but um, <laughs> hey, you still got time. You still got time. <laughs> I got time. You know, I, I, there's an alien thing in my head that I, I might have to explore, but I always wanted to. And I actually made it a New Year's resolution. 2020. I thought, you know what? 2020 sounds like a great year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about that Jokes on you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: I know. And uh, I thought, okay, 2020, it's just kind of a cool year. It's like vision is 2020. I'm going to, this is going to be my new year's resolution. I'm going to write that book that I always said I'm going to write. So yeah, I just started cranking and I thought it was going to take me a year plus to do it. But then that pandemic hit and I was trapped in my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> I actually ended up having a lot more time than I thought to to sit down and, and crank out some chapters. So it came together much quicker. Actually, the last thing to come out of it was the title because I knew one of, what I wanted to say, what I wanted to talk about, but I didn't really have the title for the book. It just, you know, all the pages, it just had a marketing book was the title until yep. I got there. But then I finally ended up with uh, Lobster on a Cheese Plate. You know how to stand out, attract the best clients, and win every sale that comes your way. But uh,
0: I like lobster, it. Yeah.
1: Lobster on a cheese plate. It's uh, like I said. I say in the um, in the introduction that uh, I ended up going for a MacGuffin. Are you familiar with the term
0: MacGuffin? You know, I feel like I should be. It sounds familiar, but why don't you educate me?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, I'm sure you do, Spencer. I think you're doing it just for the benefit of your listeners that may not know it. You're such a good host. A MacGuffin. I'm a big movie buff. You'll see if you do pick up a copy of my book and read it. There's tons of movie references. I actually, which have, you uh, should
0: pick up a copy, and we will have the link in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> oh well,
1: thank you. Well, yeah. So in the back, I actually even have a whole list of all the movies I reference throughout. Because nice, you know, like the movie quote guy. <laughs> but a MacGuffin is a plot device in in film that really has nothing to do with the story itself. It just gets the action going. You know, so. um the briefcase in uh, Pulp Fiction is a MacGuffin. It's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that everybody's doing something with, but it has nothing to do with the story. Really, it's just this side element. The dude's rug in The Big Lebowski—that just got the action going because you know somebody made a mess of the poor dude's rug. But <laughs> anyway, so the lobster on cheese plates a MacGuffin. It's it's what gets propels the action. It's it's a vivid illustration of, of how you should stand out to your audience. And the hero of my story is obviously the reader. And you want to be, you know, because I, like I said, I love cheese. I, I'll eat, I'm pretty much, there isn't a cheese I don't like to eat. I will eat anything. if When I go somewhere and there's a cheese plate, it's like, hallelujah, <laughs> let's get it down. And you're just sitting there looking at all this cheese and it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably going to hit on a little bit of everything, but you know, what am I going to eat first? And sometimes it's. I don't know, whatever. They're all a lot of good choices. And really, that's what, in most cases for remodelers, that's what the consumer is, their, their homeowner's ending up with. A lot of good choices. You're not necessarily, especially, you know, some of these design build firms, these big guys, they're not they're not going against chucking a truck for a design build project It's $800,000 or even $30,000. You know, they're going against really good alternatives. So how do you stand out when you're just one of many great choices? And that's the the key. So that's, and that's what I wanted to write the book about. So, you know, it wasn't like how to be the brie. it's, It's, you just need to really stand out. There's just, there's a cheese plate. You're the lobster.
0: book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. It's such a compelling title, you know, because you, you read it and you go, Hmm. What, 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 like, what is that about? Like, it definitely catches your eye and the, um, the cover and everything. And, and yeah, you're kind of starting to talk about, I, I like that analogy a lot of competing against other good options mm-hmm. because that's when it's, that's when the competition is toughest. You know, it's easy to beat out the Chuck in the truck because if you have the right client, they don't want to work with that guy. And if it's just price, you don't want the client anyway. So, yeah. so what are maybe some good examples of, of standing out, you know, either that you've seen or just like a, an angle, you know, cause it, you see a lot of, we're a family owned business for 20 years and we focus on quality and communication <laughs> and that doesn't really do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, some people call it the unique selling proposition. I I'd never been a fan of that cause it sounds so pitchy. So elevator pitchy, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, what's your unique selling proposition? I, I call it the point of difference. And, you know, what? what is it that makes you different from the competitor? And so many times, so many people, you know, back in the day when we used to have workshops live, I'd ask how many people think they have one and half of them will raise their hands. But then when they start spouting them out, nobody had one, you know, because like you said, it's, you know, been in business for 25 years or, you know, oh my gosh, we pride ourselves in quality it's like really yeah <laughs> you know, the other the other cheeses on the plate don't do that so you're definitely gonna win because you're the only one that prides yourself in quality it's really really tough it's you know i call it in in the book i call it the six stones the six positioning stones you know i kind of uh, equate it uh, it's analogous to the the six stones in um the marvel universe oh nice. uh, uh, you know the <laughs> the infinity stones. So yeah, but you know, I kind of take you through that process similar to the the how the the six infinity stones come together to give its bare limitless power. The six positioning stones will give you limitless power and it's undeniable, it works every time. And that is probably uh why i started saying it was because that's one of the most difficult of the six stones to develop in my book as you're going through the process. It definitely is. There are some ways that are easier than others. I mean, like, here's, here's an example of an obvious stone. It's, you know, you're, you're the only supplier of something in the state, you know? Sure. You know, I am the only person that can offer and install Anderson windows in the state of Georgia. Okay. That's That's, helpful. That's helpful. You (laughs) now all you have to do is convince people that they need Anderson windows or people that are looking for Anderson windows. They have no choice. They need you. Right. So, that's compelling. That is definitely a powerful point of difference. Of course, that's pretty hard to do. You're not going yeah. to be the exclusive supplier of something, but that's an example of something, you know. Something else that's an example. Well, probably one of the easiest ways to do this stone is through uh, niching your market. If you do become very niche in something, then you can develop that point of difference from your competitors. Competitors, and you know the niche might be, you know, you. Well, an example is an attorney. I cite in a book Cordell Cordell. I hear their ads all the time on our local sports station. They're really, really good ads, but they only work with men in divorce cases. So they're ultimate niche, niche yeah. than that, right? And and the ads are even more niche than that. Men that have been blindsided didn't know it was coming. Just walk in, and the wife is like, You know what? I want a divorce. And they didn't even know there was something anything wrong. That's pretty freaking niche, you know? That's really drilling in there. But the benefit to that is besides being something that the competitors are not, because they don't only focus on that, you are the expert in that field. So your target market is going to really believe that you are the right choice for them. So niching or niching, depending on how fancy you want to be for your audience.
0: (laughs) i probably switch it up every time.
1: (laughs) I know. I I say niche or niche. I don't know. Whatever. Depends
0: on which. You know, it's just like cheese. That's not what's important. important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's important is that you have one. (laughs) Right.
1: As long as you have, you could pronounce it any way you want.
0: Niché. How about that? (laughs) We'll go with Niché going forward. Yeah. So Um,
1: if you have a good Niché then you're golden because you're gonna you you've pre-qualified the lead too. They they already know you're probably the white person for them because they just connect with you. You know, I could talk for hours for I mean I spent so much time on the book, but that's kind of a high level look at it. Points of difference are definitely not things like years in service and you know quality of products. Cause you know, again, everybody's using the same product. So
0: Yep, I love that, and and for people listening too, if you connect it back to what Mark said earlier around the psychology and and the role that that plays, you know, just thinking about your attorney example and the ads, getting blindsided, like. That is language that's going through their head. They've probably said it out loud when they went to an attorney. They said, yeah, I felt like I got blindsided. And now they're taking that exact language and rolling it into the ad. So I love that you use that example because I think you really only can do that when you niche down uh, (laughs) (laughs) because you get to know your customer really well and their exact pains, their exact problems. Exactly. Uh,
1: that's yeah. that's literally what I did. That's why that's and going back to your question, why did I write this book? Cuz I felt like this was the biggest step that's always skipped. But it does take you through that process. First you you fix set up your six positioning stones, then you come up with your positioning statement, then then from there, now you are equipped and it's you're able to go into the next part of the book which is is messaging and getting that message out. And then you can come up with how you attract the lobsters, lovers, you know, and and you can come up with, and I talk about communicating and, and copywriting techniques and those types of things. And then, of course, at the end, then I'll hit you with, here's, by the way, here's how you do a real marketing plan. 'Cause your budget yeah. isn't a plan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and and you can see too that Mark and uh and their company practice what they preach because they're remodelers advantage and not some like generic term, you know, targeting right. every type of business. And so yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Uh, no, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, niche down. I wish we could like hashtag and get that trending, but it's spelled the same way. So. <laughs> Nobody will ever know.
1: (laughs) No, nobody will ever know. Well, no, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, we're having fun. Everyone else is like, next podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's shift gears a little bit because I'm always curious to hear from people on like trends and kind of the future, especially in social. But we don't have to go down that that path. But whenever something like TikTok starts taking the world by storm, you you know, as a marketer and even a digital marketer. I oftentimes am like, oh, another, you know, I, I got to figure out another platform. So I guess question one is like, do you see anything on the horizon, just global trends that you think, you know, remodelers should be paying attention to? You kind of mentioned podcasting earlier and then, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll start there and, and see where that goes.
1: Well, you know, I, I tell you, Spencer, you, um, you're funny because as, as I said, I went into 2020 thinking, hey, this is going to be one good year. So my ability to predict the future is very, very much not on par with what I think you're expecting right now.
0: Well, I, f- I feel like you had a big miss. So you're due for <laughs> a hit. For a one. Okay. <laughs> Don't that's doubt why, yourself. Yeah.
1: That's what degenerate gamblers think all the time. <laughs> I know I've been playing roulette for four hours, but it's going to
0: come. It's going to be this time, yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, well. I think this internet thing is a total fad. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: you don't need a website. How wait. did you get don't on the show?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, definitely with social media. I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm I'm like the marketing guy kind of thing. So many people think, but I personally hate social media. I hate it, hate it, hate it. I'm not a fan. I don't use it personally. I, anytime I do use it, it's because of work. It's for marketing purposes. So... I'm not a fan. And I mean, like Instagram, I struggled getting on board with that. Apparently it kind of got big.
0: So, <laughs> something happened there. Yeah. Something <laughs> happened there.
1: But I, you know, I just, I'm not the right guy for that. TikTok, I'm completely clueless on. But that's the thing. I don't need to know everything about everything, right? And neither do you and neither does any listener out there because it's impossible. You can't be an expert in everything. And so I have people that work below me that can do it, you know, that that support me, that they can do the stuff for me. And if I don't have anybody in-house, I can always outsource to professionals that focus only on that. Again, a niche, right? These are marketers that decided they're going to only specialize on social media or they niche even further and I only specialize in Instagram. So I can find them. And hire them to do this work for me. So I know it's not exactly what you asked for. I went off on a tangent there. I'm sorry about that, but I <laughs> so couldn't good. possibly know the next big thing. I, I don't even know the big things that are happening now in social. So
0: <laughs> it's it's a it's it feels like it's still a little bit the wild west, you know, because it just it keeps totally changing is. all the time. And yeah, there's no no telling if something's really going to take off. And then is the application for our industry there? You know, that's always my question. I'm going like, yeah, TikTok. will maybe maybe not you know and and i think that is what's challenging about marketing today is knowing where to put those dollars you know so if somebody's got limited budget you know how do you choose i guess maybe that's the question like how do you choose where to experiment or when and then like are there safer places to put those dollars or kind of like tried and true those right. are just all testing, so I don't know if you have any thoughts around that.
1: Yeah, well, so you know, it's funny again with the newer stuff, it gets a little trickier because it's it's the platform itself is still finding its its base. But yeah. again, if you've gone through the process of establishing your positioning statement and identifying your target, then you just need to do a little research and say where is my target playing, you know? And if they are on some new platform, then go there. If they're not, don't go there. You're wasting your time. Follow the leads. Follow your target. Don't follow everybody. Follow your target and just do the research and find out where they play. And that's where you should be playing.
0: Yeah, uh, super solid advice. And yeah, I mean, for those listening, you should go pick up the book because I'm sure you talk about how to attract more of the lobsters if that's who your your target is.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I get into all kinds of good stuff. and I even spent a, quite a bit of time talking about referral and word-of-mouth marketing, which is something that a lot of I think remodelers kind of lean on a little bit. What do you think?
0: Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, you're there. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, before <laughs> let's let's kind of piggyback off of that because I think most of them rely very heavily on referrals and word of mouth. When it comes to actual like dollars and ad spend, is there a general percentage of revenue or like? That's that's a good benchmark that people should be thinking about in terms of just overall marketing budget.
1: Yeah, well, so from our just because we have so many members and they submit their the data and analytics to us and, and for their for their roundtables meetings, we we do aggregate that and really that the average is going to be around three to two to two and a half to three percent is an average, and that's what people
0: are actually spending.
1: That's their that's what they budget to spend. That's what they and budget. And it's what they're budgeting to spend based on their revenue goal, not their last year's budget. I mean, if you're if you're a two million dollar company, you're going to go to three million. Well, you need to spend that two and a half percent on the three million that you're going to be, not the two million that you were. I'm so, so 2, glad
0: you said that. Yeah, two and a
1: half to three <laughs> percent of where you're going. Now that's the average. There are some uh, firms that are like in the five to six percent range. There are some that you know I'm not a fan of it, but they're in the one percent area down there. So there's different reasons for that. The five to six, sometimes you might be typically two to 3%, but this is going to be a big growth year. You're going to make a big jump. You got to, or there's a big player mo- making a move into your, your area, you know, maybe a franchise is expanding. And so we got to kind of nip this in the bud. So we're going to increase our marketing spend this year and, and make some, make some hay. So there's different reasons for that, but yeah, two and a half three 3% typically.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you you made the the note about, you know, when you're going into the next year that percentage needs to be based on what you're trying to achieve. Right. Uh, otherwise, it's just it's going to get you what you got the last year. So, I think that's a good point. Before we get to our last segment of the show, Mark, if people want to learn more about you and Remodeler's Advantage or pick up a copy of the book, like what's a good way to connect with you or learn more?
1: Yeah, well, remodeler'sadvantage.com is where you can find out all, all about Remodelers Advantage Roundtables, which is our peer advisory program, and all of our workshops and we have master classes and strategic action groups. And of course, we have one-on-one consulting. We have awesome consultants that um, they do one-on-one consulting. They they can do on-sites for those that are comfortable with it, or when things open up again and they're doing a lot of virtual stuff. So anything to help improve. Your business and 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 light your path to greater success, as our mission statement says. So you can find all that at remodelersadvantage.com, and the book you can you go to Amazon. You can find it on my, on the website as well, remodelersadvantage.com. But you can just search for it on Amazon. Make sure you write "lobster on a cheese plate" book. Or you might get some lobster crackers or, or cheese
0: Cheese mixing in with the food category <laughs>
1: right the only the only downside to having such a cute title <laughs> but I'd tell you one thing it's the only marketing book out there that's mixed up with recipe books.
0: Uh, yeah, I would say so maybe you'll you'll get a few uh, purchases <laughs> from people looking for recipes <laughs> so, yeah yeah. No, I, I would definitely, you know, hop over to remodelersadvantage.com, but but definitely pick up a copy of the book. Mark has been doing this a long time. He and I go way back and he knows his stuff, that is for sure. All right, Mark. Well, let's let's head into the last segment of our show, which is the fast five. So I'll hit you with five rapid fire questions. Just say whatever comes to mind. Okay. First one is favorite business book and why? Favorite business? Actually, I already mentioned it. Robert
1: Cialdini's influence. I, I think it's requisite reading for anybody that wants to
0: to do marketing of any capacity. Awesome, awesome. All right, next question: Who is the most inspirational person in your life? Wow, that's that's. I know we go from softball to deep right. Real Jeez, quick, <laughs>
1: most inspirational person in my life. Uh, you know, actually, probably right now it's probably Victoria, the president of Remodeler's Advantage. She's constantly pushing me and, and she inspires me and she drives me to, to be better every day. And she does that with everyone that she's around. I think that's why she started Remodeler's Advantage to help people because she she just makes everyone around her better. And so that's, that's pretty inspiring to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's
0: super cool. All right. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would that be?
1: Oh, I think invisibility is a no-brainer. I mean, (laughs) um, you know, sometimes, like right now, if you just ask me a question, I would, I could just poof. You know, it's just, it's such a great, great superpower. Just to not, 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 just to be invisible every once in a while.
0: Yeah. Well, as soon as they actually make those invisibility cloaks, you might actually be able to make that one come true. But uh, most superpowers, I don't think we'll we'll get access to. So yeah, (laughs) Um, scare the heck out of people. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I mean, that alone is worth it. (laughs) It's worth everything. (laughs) All right, Mark, describe yourself in three words.
1: Ooh, in three words. That wasn't it, by the way. Fair enough. (laughs) Warning, spontaneous sarcasm. Awesome. All right.
0: How's that? Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to do it. So that's why I asked the
1: questions. Either that or the movie (laughs) quote guy.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I could do that. Uh, yeah, you and my brother could could team up. I'm terrible with quotes. That so, you know, I'll watch a movie and forget it all within an hour. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, just yeah, in, yeah, it just sticks just stick right? it in my
1: head. I you know, it's funny because I, I literally as I was walking into the studio here, Victoria did something. I don't even remember what it was, but I said something to her, and she's like, "Is that a movie quote?" And I said, "Actually, it is." <laughs> And yeah. she's like, I'm so sick of you. You're wasting so much brain power on that. And I said, I, it just sticks. I don't know. It's just in there. You
0: it's know? like when, when we're watching a, a game or something, I'll rattle off like, oh, yeah, this guy, you know, he's got this percentage of whatever. And, you know, she's like, how do you, like, where do you figure this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't choose it. It just stays in there. I wish right. I could remember like what I need to get to the grocery store, but that's not how it works. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> All right. Final question for you, Mark. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Oh, wow. Just one piece of advice. Do a marketing plan, a real marketing (laughs) plan. (laughs) I'm going to harp on that. Let's just stay with the theme of the show. Do a marketing (laughs) plan. Do not do a marketing budget and call it a plan, please.
0: Please, and that and that is very very good advice.
1: <laughs> and don't send it to me and say, Mark, could you take a look at my plan real quick and send me a budget? Because that's my favorite thing in the world. I love seeing
0: budgets that are plans. I know what I'm going to do after this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I just invited a whole inbox of marketers. Yeah, I budget. think
0: you did. Yeah, we won't put your email in the show notes. <laughs> yes,
1: do not send that to marketremodelersadvantage.com. <laughs>
0: Well, Mark, this was awesome. I always have a blast hanging out with you. Thanks Good for man. joining me today.
1: Thanks, Spencer. Good times.
0: Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mark. As you can see, he and I go way back and tend to have a lot of fun when we get together. And uh, it doesn't really matter if we're talking marketing or not. But uh, Mark is a great guy. He's very, very knowledgeable, really s- smart and savvy when it comes to like the psychology of marketing. And also the strategy, which you definitely hear him talking about with, like, you got to have a plan. You can't just throw together a bunch of tactics. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you learned a lot. And I highly recommend picking up a copy of his book. Like you said, you can find that over on Amazon, type in lobster uh, cheese plate, but throw in book there just to be safe. Or you can pick up some lobster cracker crackers to go along with the book. Uh, might be a good snack while you're reading that. But Anyway, I do want you guys to pick up a copy and then head over to remodelersadvantage.com if you want to learn more about what they do. We've been partners of theirs and sponsors of theirs for several years now. Uh, They're an amazing outfit, definitely high class, quality teaching, like experience on experience across the board when it comes to improving your business. So highly recommend you check them out. And as always, guys, I really appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio.